What does your email inbox look like? If it looks anything like mine, it's 90% shopping websites that I've signed up for the discount, you know, the little pop-up menu, and says, sign up now for 20% off your first order that I never end up using. And now I'm ticked when they show up in my inbox every dang day. So what do I do? I of course ignore my inbox. And then when I finally get the strength to check it, I scan for the important stuff. The emails from my girl's teachers, the room mom responsibilities, the online bills, the neighborhood newsletter, and then I close it out until the next time. But on the flip side, as a small business owner, I want everyone to open my emails, except the stats don't lie. Nowadays, only 20% of marketing emails are opened. Clearly, no one is checking their emails anymore. Unless you still have that AOL email address. Then you do you, babe. You do you. It is time to reach your customers where they want to be reached. In fact, 75% of your customers prefer you quit using their email and they want you to use text messages instead. And how about this? 98% of text marketing messages are opened. If I'm doing my math right, I believe that's greater than 20%. Project Broadcast is the solution you're looking for. Keep your business in the palm of your customer's hand. It's personal, it's you, it's your business. Use the link in the show notes to receive 500 free text credits to start. I have been using it for a year now and I have seen a huge increase in my customer loyalty, my sales, and my customer engagement. Those are big business wins. To get those 500 free credits, go to www.projectbroadcast.com backslash question mark VIA equal girl boss rehab. The link's also in the show notes, y'all. Do you have a reservation? What's the name? Oh, yes, here you are. So glad you're here. I've been expecting you. I'm Tori Shira. But you already knew that, didn't you? Are you ready to fall in love with your direct sales business and purpose again? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Girl Boss Rehab. Hey, Girl Boss Rehab family. I am so excited you're here for another week. I hope that you enjoyed the interview with Lacey Wall last week. It wasn't she incredible. You're absolutely, I mean, if you weren't taking notes or listen to it again, I mean, such, such wisdom coming from her and such encouragement and inspiration. And so I hope that you really, really follow and check out her uh, Kingdom Alignment Growth Accelerator. And you would really benefit. Pray about it and see if that's something that you would should consider if God is pushing you in that direction. Well, this week, I want to start with telling you a story. And so I've got two girls. And when I was pregnant with Jay, my second, Andrew decided that we needed a minivan. Now, no mom ever said, yes, can't 
wait to rock the minivan life. I just don't believe it. We've all told ourselves like anything but the minivan, anything but the minivan. I will drive a huge bus. I will drive the, you know, give me the SUV that has three rows, whatever, just not the non-cool minivan. I mean, it doesn't matter how many different features or like cool things that they add. I mean, the minivan had a freaking vacuum in it so you could get all the Cheerios and the goldfish out. And then, I mean, the features and the bells and whistles on minivans are outrageous. Other car makers should take note, like when they look at luxury vehicles, like look at some of the practicality stuff with minivans, especially how many cup holders they have. Nothing beats the amount of cup holders in a minivan. But I, Andrew was bound and determined that we were going to get a minivan and I, I was not happy about it. I had driven two SUVs prior to that and I was like, no, I can make this work. I, you know, but my girls were 17 months apart or going to be. And I just, I was not on board. I was not on board. And he said, trust me, trust me, we're getting the minivan. And sure as hell, that minivan showed up on my birthday, my 29th birthday, to be exact. Nothing says, you know, welcome, you know, my last year of 20s like a minivan does. And I drove that minivan for a couple weeks and then uh, Jay was born and we brought her home in a minivan. Now, it took me about six months to a year to realize that I indeed loved the minivan. I would never openly admit that. I can years, years later. <laughs> openly admit that I loved the minivan. But he was right. My husband was right. Shh, don't tell my husband. But he was right about the ease of it, the, you know, just the having doors open on the side and not being swung open out and just like the ability of space it gave us for the whole family and we could get our animals in there if we took a road trip. I mean, he was right. The minivan was the right choice for us. Now, you would think that I would learn my lesson when it came to listening to my husband about cars and uh, what what would be a good decision for our family. So we had that minivan until probably about, I guess, I guess it's been a year, uh, maybe 15 months. And Andrew started to get, started to look at car deals. And it was that time in the economy where Cars were coming, car prices were coming down, interest rate were low. And so he was looking at a Jeep Wrangler. And he had an SUV. I had the minivan. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, hear me out. I think a Jeep Wrangler would be great. And I'm like, why? Why on earth? We don't need another car. We don't need another car. We're very frugal and we financially plan really well when it comes to cars. So all the cars were paid off. We didn't have a car payment. And so he was like, I really think that we need to go test drive one of these Jeeps because it's a heck of a deal. And I was just like, I don't. And he was like, just test drive it. So that became the project for, you know, about a month, like, you know, the weekend, you just go and you test drive a different car, Jeep, whatever. For us, that was a Jeep Wrangler. 
And I really liked it. Now you're coming, I was coming from driving a minivan, okay, to this, to driving a Jeep Wrangler. And one of the thought process, you know, my husband's thought process was that the Jeep Wrangler can be like a convertible for a family of four, family of four, because we could take the top off in the summer. And before we got married, he had a two-seater, cute little convertible. But that's just like not realistic in our age group. I mean, how often do him and I get out on date nights? Not often enough. But like the convertible, it just wasn't. But like to have a convertible style car Jeep Wrangler was like, he had a good idea. And he was like, this would be a lot of fun. He's like, we can put the dogs in the back and take the top off in the summer. The kids would love the doors off. Now, granted, this was a couple of years ago. And I was like, doors off for us. I was like, no way in, no way in Hades are the doors coming off for my children. Because you just one turn and out they go. And, but we ended up deciding on the Jeep Wrangler. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to trust you. We're, if we're financially ready, we can do this. Let's get the Jeep Wrangler. We got the Jeep Wrangler. And y'all, I love it. I love it. It became my go to car very quickly. When you have a choice between driving a minivan and a Jeep Wrangler, which one do you think you're going to drive? And the girls were out of, you know, booster seats, car seats kind of thing. And so, I mean, I just started driving the Jeep Wrangler all the time. And before I knew it, we decided to trade in the minivan because that season was over. And now we've got a big, huge Yukon because we need the big, big back seat for the extra kids we're taking to places and then the the extra space for all the sports equipment or all the, you know, stuff that we just carry. And then we have our Jeep Wrangler, which is great in winter for snow tires and all of that and getting around. And then in the summer, like that top comes off and never just put back on until like October. Sometimes I tell him, I'm like, it's starting to get chilly. Can you please put the doors on at least so we could get keep some heat in this car? But Again, that required me to trust him. It was like, y'all, like, I love my husband and he doesn't get enough credit. I sure don't give him enough credit. But like how he knew the kind of car that was perfect for our family and when. And he knew what I would want when I wasn't open to listening at all. I didn't want the darn minivan. Could I have lived out with the minivan? Yes, sure. Did the minivan end up making my life easier? Yes, 100% yes. And I had never driven a Jeep Wrangler. I didn't think, I was just like, oh, this is just going to be one of the, I love the Jeep Wrangler. And it has created some sweet memories for our family, you know, top down and then the girls fall asleep in the back because you just get the wind so loud, you can't listen to music and But my husband knew when I was saying, no, no, we don't need it. Or I don't want the minivan. Why are we going through the hassle of getting a, you know, because car shopping's not enjoyable at all. So why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you about cars? Why have I spent the last eight minutes telling you two different car stories? And you're like, okay, what on earth does this have to do with me? I want you to think about this. So many times 
when God is calling us to something, we're going, no, no, you can't, that can't be right. What I'm hearing cannot be right. That's nope, mm-mm, that door, that opening is not for me. We don't think that he knows what we need and what we want for whatever reason. Why on earth do we think that he doesn't know what we want? Like y'all, the desires in our heart for things. Yes, there is a fine line between some of them being selfish desires. But a lot of the desires that we have, if we know Christ and are seeking Christ, those desires of what we want for our lives, for our family lives, for the others that we can impact, God knows all of that. And he's given us those desires for our heart. So why on earth, when he opens a door or says, I want you to test drive this car or the car shows up on our driveway when you're 29 years old and you're like, no freaking way. This is not, no, I'm not ready for this. Why? Why do we pitch a fit so much? Y'all, my pastor said this this past Sunday, like the level of confidence you have in God's goodness correlates with how much fear you have. Because if you are confident knowing that your God is good, that he knows what you need, he knows what you want, and that he does all things for the good of those who love him and that you love him and he will give you good, then there is nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Easier said than done. I know. Was I scared of the minivan? Mm, probably. That solidified being like, mom, real. Like, ah, uh, I am the mother of two. Like, I am in this stage. Like, I could no longer be cool which not true. You can be very cool and drive a very classy minivan or unclassy minivan. I mean, you walk out of that car, oh, who cares, right? But like, I was very consumed what people thought. And it's funny because while I was one of the first of my friends to get married, I was one of the last to have kids. And so I had other friends driving minivans too. I was not ready to pull that trigger. If your husband knows the car that your family needs and the car that you would want, but you didn't even know you wanted it. What on earth makes you think that your father in heaven wouldn't know those things? Being tired all the time is like a badge of honor now. Oh, you haven't slept in a full week? Well, I may have slept, but I wake up like I feel like I just got hit by a truck. And how many times do we catch ourselves scanning the pantry or illuminating the kitchen with just the light from the fridge because I want something. I just don't know what. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could hit an actual reset button on our bodies just like we do on our phones when they start acting wonky? Y'all, now we can. I'm not kidding. In three days, you can feel healthier and more confident. Reset helps you reimagine your health, remove the roadblocks, and reset your course for health. With this three-day nutritionally supported fast, aka you won't starve. You're getting 68 grams of protein. Can I get a hallelujah? You are resetting your metabolic system on a cellular level. There is not enough fitness classes in the world that can do that, y'all. Go to crazyfaithmama.com backslash reset and get yours today. For the first 50, you'll see a promo code to get 10% off. So don't wait. Time to press the reset button on your body. So I want you to think about what are you dragging your feet on? What is God asking you to do? Or what does God want to give you responsibility of 
that you are not ready, like that you're kicking and screaming and going, nope, 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 this is not what I want. Nope, don't want to do it. Okay, I'm being real honest with you guys. Like I pray before each podcast episode and I always ask Jesus, I'm like, please, Lord, let these be your words and your wisdom, not mine, not my ideas. You know, I always want his heart and because I'm doing this for his glory, not for my own. When I just said, what are you dragging your feet on for the like on the responsibility? The responsibility that God wants to give you, but you're denying like that hit home for me just a second ago. Like that was like, whoa, I really just said those words. I am personally commitment is hard for me. Not because I have had any issues or any issues. That sounds stupid. Not because I have any trauma around commitment. That's better. But because I inherently have a very hard time focusing on the present. We can go whether or not you believe in the Enneagram or, and while I do, I, I am a seven. So FOMO was real for me. I have a fear of like, if I say yes to something, then will that, if something better comes along, I'm missing out on that. So I don't typically commit to the last second, which is a problem in itself. But I equate responsibility with commitment. I mean, it's it's kind of true, right? Like, I think that's one of the things that I've struggled with when it comes. It's the fear for the podcasting, because this is there's not an end date. Of course, God can close his door whenever he wants. But like when you start to think about commitment in whatever God is calling you to. And there's that responsibility because he's he's giving you responsibility of others to be in that space like, okay, this is this is your purpose. This is your responsibility. Like there's part of that that I'm I'm fearful of. So I I want I'm being transparent and I'm working through this right now as we talk, because if this is something that I'm fearful of, I'm 95% sure one of you is probably like, yeah, like responsible. I don't want that because what happens when I stop wanting it? It was certainly, it certainly has been a fear of mine in my network marketing business and going through the ranks because I didn't want the responsibility. Like I was fearful of like having a large team, like, and having the responsibility of managing that team and having all those people look up to me and then having the responsibility of providing things, certain things for the team on a regular schedule. And then I'm like, but no, 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 Like I, I, I fly by the seat of my pants and I do that quite well. Thank you. I like to think of that. Yes, sometimes not great. And I have figured out most situations when flying by the seat of your pants, not good. Don't do it. But there are certain things that I can do and I am much better under the pressure and just going with the flow and figuring it out as I go. And honestly, the hardest part about that is just sitting down and showing up. So I think our Father in Heaven, He knows us. He knows us so well. And He wants to, I mean, He provides everything for the birds, the, the animals, like, and they do not have to worry about anything. And, you know, and that's obviously his sermon from Matthew, 
So why on earth would we worry? You know, does he not care more about us than he does about the sparrows? Of course he does. Of course he does. So I didn't know the move to Kansas City for me was essentially going to give my marriage new life, bring Andrew and I closer on a whole new level. I never would have equated those things with the move to Kansas City. Thankfully, with that in itself, when I was moving, when he was preparing my heart for Kansas City, he told me all along, get ready for Kansas City, get ready for Kansas City. And it was hard, but I, I knew and I had accepted that because he was very clear in that. But I didn't know what on the other side of it was going to be. And I don't know that I even said, well, like, if he's moving me to Kansas City, it's going to be good. Because it. I'll be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't like all of a sudden we walked on Kansas soil and it was like, wow, everything is magical. The Yellow Brick Road didn't just show up. Or I didn't, <laughs> sorry, I had to go down the Wizard of Oz analogies there. Wanted to say Emerald City. But I just want you to think about... There is something, there is something that he is working with you, that he wants for you. And you are either dragging your feet or you are not acknowledging it. And you're like, nope, that can't be for me. And maybe he has something new for you, but you need to shut a door first. Or maybe he needs you to quit talking about it to others. And you talk to him and he will give you the clear answer. Or maybe he needs you to stop listening to others. We can have spiritual, godly influences in our life, but sometimes they don't know what God's calling us to. And they can very lovingly think that they're giving you the best advice and they're not, not helping you in the direction that God wants you to go. I mean, that's very clear from the book of Job. When all the bad things started happening to Job, he saw his friends who all believed in God, but they all got rebuked by God because he's like, no, they didn't know what God had planned for Job. Those are great. Think of our, our friends who have the wisdom, who are godly. Think of, I mean, their bonus. Our first source is God. God in the Bible there. I'm not going to tell you that on page 1582 that it's going to tell you exactly what he has planned for your life and here you go. But like, why, why are you hesitant? You know God is good. If you need to, I want you to write down five ways that God has proven his faithfulness and his goodness in your life. And then once you do that, then whatever he's calling you to or the door that he's opening, or whatever responsibility that he wants to hand off to you, I want you to look back at those five, three to five things and go, he was faithful then, he was good then, he is good now, he will always be good. And maybe that's the encouragement you need. I don't want to know the future. Sometimes I, I feel like I do. But I don't. I mean, I think for a seven to know the future, I mean, one, that would take all the joy out of things to come. Sure, I'd be more prepared for bad things to come or what, you know, because bad things are going to happen. It's just in this world. But I don't want 
I want to know my next step. I want to know and I want to be comfortable in my next step. I don't need to know what six months down the road is. I don't need to know what a year is. But if I know God's good now, I know that he's going to be good six months from now and I know he's going to be good a year from now. Like, if you need reminders, if you can't, for the life of you, you can't think of the goodness in your life, okay, I want you to go and I want you to read all of God's miracles, all the miracles that Jesus did. That's his goodness. Like, read, read about him. Those are his words. That is to know his personality and his love for you and why he did what he did on the cross. So I don't know. Maybe you're in a season where a minivan is going to show up and you're going to think, oh my God, I don't want, please, Lord, this minivan is not for me. I am not ready for this because this does not look fun. This is not a season I'm ready for. I don't want this. Or maybe he shows up with a Jeep Wrangler and says, that minivan season's done. You've given that all and that is that is given you everything that you needed. It protected you and your babies. That is great. Now it's time for something new that you didn't even know was an option. I had never looked at Jeeps before. Never. Not in a, like I thought a fun car was a Ford Mustang. Like, honestly, I like I kind of wanted one of those when I was as I'm as I'm getting older. And <laughs> but now I love my I mean, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even know it was a possibility. So maybe that's what God has. Maybe something that you didn't even think could bring the joy. He has he got for you. And you're like, no, 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 that's just extra. No, he wants you to enjoy all of it. So what season are you in? Are you in a minivan season? Are you in a Wrangler season? Have that time this week. Have the time and figure out where he wants you and what he's calling you to. Because he knows. He knows your heart inside and out. He created your heart. He gave you those desires. So don't think for a second that anything is too little or too much that he has planted in you. All right, Girl Boss Rehab family. Just let me say thank you to you. Thank you for continuing to share these episodes. Thank you for your support. I am grateful. I am overwhelmed by the encouragement that I get from y'all. Like, I am just thankful. And I want you to know that. And I do not take that lightly. And I will... Be back here with you next week. Great session today. I'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, be sure to follow the real Shira on Instagram. And if you have any questions between this week and next week's session, be sure to email me at girlboss.rehab at gmail.com. And remember, God already factored in stupidity when he assigned us our mission and purpose.